Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast. Introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. episode number 59 of the podcast and as always thank you very much for taking the time wherever you are around the world to join in and and listen to what we're providing we uh we love the feedback if you have some feedback about any of the past 58 episodes please feel free to go to our website energetic.education and send us an email or we would love if you could go on itunes and show how much you like the podcast with a five-star review. It'll take you 30 seconds and it'll mean the world to us because what will happen is this podcast will go out to more and more people, get more exposure, and we'll be able to spread the message of all these amazing guests we have on the show. Now, today's guest is an exceptional one as well, like we always have. We've got JD Hughes joining us today. Now, JD is the author of five books. He's released DVDs, He's taught for 23 years. He is a super energetic teacher, which I love getting around. I I love the energy from today's chat. And not only that, I love the honesty from JD today because he really goes in deep and particularly from when he was starting out in his career, is very honest with how he thought his teaching was until the way he's transformed into being a global superstar at the moment. Now, JD is still a full-time teacher. He does run workshops. He tries to do one a month. He also has an amazing members website where you can go on and go through the outstanding games that he has created. So uh, everybody listening up, if you want high energy and a lot of passion, JD is the one for you. Enjoy our conversation today. JD, thanks so much for being on the podcast. How are you, buddy? Dale, it is my pleasure. Anytime I can um, talk PE with colleagues or anybody that's willing to listen, I am all in, brother. (laughs) <laughs> now, I love it. Now, people can uh, probably tell that we've got completely different accents. We're about to actually from JD and just give us listeners yeah, a little bit about uh, yeah, your background, mate. I actually live in just west of Atlanta, Georgia. So we're in the southern part of the United States. And I guess, you know, the with, with the southern part of the states you kind of get uh you grow up with an accent so i I get a little bit of that but i have a feeling that uh where you're from i I love hearing that accent so we both got something we can share together (laughs) we do yes (laughs) um perfect and i i totally agree mate i i get that as well i I like the thick accent i think that's awesome now you are really an all-round superstar teacher mate and for listeners out there you're going to get a real treat today just from what we're about to talk about but um, where have you always been based in Georgia? Is that where you've taught for the last 23 years, JD? Yes, sir. Absolutely. I, um, I actually started off as a high school teacher, high school coach. And I think, uh, with the experience and a little bit of a God's sense of humor, I ended up in an elementary peace program and, uh, fell in love with it, but I was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think a lot of listeners can probably relate to that too, though that you get thrown in the deep end and you've got to sink or swim. And so, how how did you go about that? How did you turn that all around to be now such a renowned teacher? Well, it all started with that first group of kids that came into my gym. It was about sixty kindergartners, and there was two of us in this small gym. We had no 
uh, behavior management. We had no classroom management skills. We, uh, we just knew that we wanted to have fun with the kids. And it started with that first. And uh, then we realized, you know, well, if we're going to do this well, we need to come up with some procedures and some management styles or something so that we actually can survive the day. And uh, it just started from there. And uh, I, I, I didn't like the fact that a lot of the resources at that time, and we're talking mid-90s here because, again, I've been teaching 23 years. There was a lot of all the games that were out there for the most part were designed for the ideal class size. And here in the States, ideal class size is 25 to 30 kids. Well, I had 60 kids and it didn't sit well with me that a lot of the kids were having to take turns or, you know, wait till I called their number and all that. And, it, and I just started setting out to fix the problem that I was having. And I just started writing and tweaking games to get everybody involved. And that's kind of where it all started for me. Nice. So your philosophy is sort of maximum participation and fun. I know we spoke a little bit before about making everything fun and engaging. And uh, if students are also enjoying it, then they're going to want to pursue that outside of school. So is that sort of what you got that mantra from? Because obviously 60 students in a classroom is a lot of kids to be teaching at once. Oh, absolutely. And I definitely wasn't prepared for it, but I embraced it and I, and I figured it out. But I, uh, as, as you teach and you get the experience, um, one thing that really started affecting me was the fact that when kids leave elementary school, especially here in, in the States, you know, in middle school, if they if they take a certain route, they might they may not get physical education at all in middle school. And then our many of our high schools in Georgia and even other states, they are required to take one semester. So if you are not an athlete, by the time they leave fifth grade in my my school, they may n- never see physical education again. Um, except for that one semester in high school. So I have to get these kids to understand that physical activity and pursuing it is really on you. And that's a tough set. That's tough, you know, and to help kids understand that. And I've taken that burden on to try to help them understand at an early age that, hey, this is on you guys. So I've kind of taken that um, stance that, hey, I've got to win these kids over. What's the best way to do it? So that's kind of my pursuit, my daily pursuit. And uh, I, I personally know how hard that is from teaching, we call it primary school over in Australia, but they don't understand these things at that age. So how Mm-mm. how do you go about doing that? Because I know when I was teaching in the primary school sector, I would have students at that age that still didn't even really know where they were, whereas some would be really competent sports stars um, that I knew would keep going on in the future, but I knew that these students that needed more development would have a lot more time when they went to high school and further on because sport, PE and movement is all part of the curriculum. How do you go from knowing that one of these students may never do PE again? Well, I kind of it, I go through, there's, the, there's negotiables and there's non-negotiables for me in physical education. The negotiables are the different teaching styles that I use, whether I'm um, direct or indirect learning, whether it's um, through the technology that I may use, whether it's station-based or teacher-led. There's so many different things that are negotiables that, you know, you see through social media and people are pushing one thing or selling another. Those things, let's agree maybe to disagree on what the best way is, 
to teach our kids. Bottom line, we need to teach the kids. But the negotiables, the things that I focus on when I'm teaching my kids is, first of all, the, the non-negotiable is we must love on kids. We need to use our platform to love on kids and build their well-being. The next thing is we must have fun with them in PE. And then a final thing, I, I really believe our programs need to be choice-driven. As soon as they enter the door, pretty much what they do that day, of course, it's guided by me, is choice-driven. And I kind of, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the FIT principle, right? Yes. So I kind of applied that. And it, again, this didn't happen overnight for me. Again, I started off, I was not a very good teacher. I did not know the strategies and the things that they did. I just knew I loved kids and I wanted to be around them. And so I knew the FIT principle is something that I important to teach your kids. But one day I just realized, okay, how would I apply the FIT principle to my life? And I asked my student, I get student teachers every year from the local universities. And I asked them, hey, if we focused on one letter in the FIT principle, what should we focus on the most? And 99 out of 100 times, it's frequency. We got to get them doing it frequently. And in my opinion, in my thought process, I'm like, you know what? Are you going to go out? If you're given a choice to go do something, are you going to do it frequently if you don't enjoy it? So what I try to help my, these students understand, and even my own students in class, if you don't have a lot of types, because you've got frequency, intensity, time, and type, if if you don't have something that you enjoy, a type of activity or types of activity you enjoy, then you're not going to do it frequently. So I've kind of embraced that in that, okay, when I'm designing games and I'm writing activities, if, if they don't enjoy it, if they're not having fun doing it, then they're definitely not going to step outside of my class and do something frequently. So that's kind of my philosophy. What I, when I'm writing stuff, I'm going, wait. Is this fun? And is it something that the kids are going to enjoy? Now, don't I don't want to confuse the fun part with the fact that okay, it's still going to have. I can still apply those standards to it. Those not those, those negotiables. Figure out what standards I want to do. Is it is it a team against team game or is it a um, uh, where they have to create their own routine? You know, there's rubric behind. There's so many different negotiables that we can apply to it. But my main focus is, do these, are these kids enjoying moving and having fun doing it? Yeah. So I think, I think that's a great way to put it as well. And I think uh, classroom teachers will be able to uh, listen in and, and get a bit out of that as well because we put so much emphasis on literacy and numeracy and all these other skills as well. But again, if students aren't enjoying that, they're not going to go home and do their homework or they're not going to want to pick up a book and do that the same way. And, and it applies to PE and life in general. So I think your philosophy is spot on and I think the more people that can start doing it I know a lot more are focusing on it uh we're getting a lot better results so is that where now I know you've got five books you've got dvds out there um and I want to get to those a little bit more but is that where you sort of thought bang I've got these ideas it's working for me why don't I document in some books well the, the the funny thing is is as I started writing I was giving everything to anybody that would take it because, you know, I would share my thoughts and they're like, man, I'm having the same problem in class. We have this no, this many kids and I can't get them all moving. So I'm giving it away. And then I, uh, and I'm sure you're from. Sorry, um, mate. With sorry, great mate. activities. You just, sorry, you just, he, you just, you just, just dropped out there for a sec, J.D. Do you just want to mention that again? 
Um, are you familiar with Artie Camilla? Yes, I he am. Puts on, yes. Yeah, he puts on the uh, National Institute. Well, many years ago, and I, he still has it, and it's now online, but he had great activities. Newspaper is a newspaper then, and I would I would submit his game or my games, and he would publish them in his thing, and it gave, you know it pumped me up that that he thought my stuff was worthy of his material, and and I approached him one day. Well, I called him and said, Hey, Artie, I believe I have enough material to write a book, because then I it didn't cross my mind to write a book. It was my wife going, Hey, would you quit giving all your stuff away? Write a book or something. <laughs> And, I, and believe it or not, that's how it started. So I'm like, well, who do I contact? Well, I'm going to contact the guy I've been submitting games to. And he goes, hey, J.D., I will publish you right now, but you need to contact this company. And the company that he put me to was Human Kinetics. Well, Human Kinetics, when I eventually found out who they really were, I'm like, well, we're the world's largest publisher of health and physical education stuff. And I'm like, wow. And they... Uh, they took on my first project, and that's where um, No Standing Around in My Gym came about. And I guess most people probably don't know J.D. Hughes or P. to the max, but they would be familiar with that title. And that was my first book. And then from then on, it just started snowballing because I set out to, to create games that just aren't out there, that maximize um, – the learning, the motor skill through game, exercise and fitness, cooperative learning, academic integration, and then ultimately, you know, maximizing positive behavior outcomes through game. So all these things started coming about because you're there. Yeah, 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 yep. Hello. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it sounded like you went out. No, but all these things started right? just started coming about because I was kind of getting it figured out and what my kids desired. And, uh, and, and making it fun. I, I love that, mate. And I think ex everything you mentioned through there, through gameplay, if you can incorporate every part of curriculum or movement, teamwork, everything like that, then you're onto a huge winner. And is that where the DVDs come about as well? So you thought, right, the books are a huge success. Now I'm going to actually get some visual context out there as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I did. I started, I actually didn't cross my mind to do DVDs, but people would come up to me going, hey, will you tell me that game again? You just did it at the workshop or the presentation. And I'm like, dude, I just showed you the game. I was like, <laughs> I was like can you do a video or something? And I'm like, uh, and, and when it comes to technology, I'll be honest, it is not my strong suit. I am working to get better because I see its value in physical education, but I started um, doing videos of everything, and of course those started doing well and all that. And then of course the whole teachers pay teachers came around, and then I decided to, you know, do my own website at pe2themax.com, and it just kind of all snowballed, and um, it's just been a real cool ride, and to see how it's all coming together. And I'm, of course I'm still growing; I'm always studying and learning and researching because you know you you, you know as well any. Any teacher that wants to be the best they can, you're just you're never not a student. You're always having to research and learn. Yeah, exactly right. You can never you can never learn enough. Like the old sponge saying, you can always soak in more. And and I totally agree with that. Now, pe to the max.com, I'll have 
uh, links in the show notes for that. So people listening along at home, you can go on there, and that is where you can find JD's books, his DVDs, and also your membership site. Now, um, I've recently just launched a membership site myself, which I'm really excited about. Can you explain a little bit? Congratulations. Thank you very much, mate. And and, uh, this is why I wanted to do it, because I've seen people like yourself just doing such great work, and I'm like, I think I could provide value too. But do you want to explain just a little bit to listeners What's inside your member site? And um, obviously, you know, we've heard about your games, your DVDs, and, and the way that you use that to engage kids, get them moving and having fun. Um, what else is in there, mate? Well, you know, I, again, I, uh, I, it came about because I realized after, you know, I travel all over the nation, I do the workshops and all that, but I still do not have access to so many teachers out there. So I finally bit the bullet and said, okay. I'm going to embrace this website thing, and I'm going to go for it. So uh, me and a good friend, we started putting it together, and, and I just I started putting all my games, all my videos, um, and I just wanted to put it in a, uh, a, a one-stop, one-shop kind of setup to where people can go on there, and they might just be looking for some dances or rubrics to dances or, you know, some people, you know, they might – you know, I don't need group games and fitness-based stuff. I want, um, you know, skill-based games or stuff that gets the kids moving and working on their fitness through game. And it gives them that one place where they can go and they can search and find the things that they need that that drives them, that they're passionate about, because that's key. We're all different. There's no one cookie-cutter recipe to teaching physical education in your curriculum. So I'm just providing an avenue where they can go on there and they can find things that you know, that they want and that they're they're looking for. And then some people are like, hey, I like it. I want it all. They can, you know, do the memberships and there's different membership plans. But, you know, I think the uh, platinum membership would say, hey, you know, you have access to all my books that I've written. You have access to all the um, games, the strategies, the things that I've done, and even the new stuff that's I'm actually working on a sixth book. But a lot of those games are already on there. For people that are members so they can kind of check all those things out and, and, and look at them at any time if they want to. And then, of course, they still have um, a way to, if they want hard copies, I can still get those to them because there's still a lot of people that still want it in their hands, which is, that's me. I guess that's the old school of thought. I, uh, I, I'm with you there, JD, though. I, I still like buying books and I buy a lot of books Be I don't like reading on my iPad or things like that. I'd rather get the book and I like actually having it up on my shelf because mm-hmm. you know, it just reminds you, you don't need to read it again, but you can look at it and it jots your memory. Whereas if they're stored on my iBooks, on my iPad or iPhone, um, I'm never going to look at them and, I, and it, won't, uh, it won't just be looking at me all the time saying, hey, Dale, remember this great thing from this book, go and do it. And I think that's why people like Absolutely. the hard copy. Now, mate, people at home will be listening out just going, wow, he's still teaching, 23 years on the job. What motivates you? How do you keep above your game and have such passion and energy every day, JD? Well, my mind, and this, my wife can attest to this because I drive her nuts. She's like, when are you going to stop? But my <laughs> mind is always, you know, looking for the next best thing. I I, um, in just the last two months, I've probably written 15 new games, uh, for this, what I I guess is going to be my sixth book. I think it's going to be called hyped up Two. Um, so it's kind of my fifth book is hyped up, but it's just, it's, it's games based learning. 
then it just that's where my passion is. I, I'm not a I'm not a warm up designer or you know quick hit fitness activity kind of designer as far as the the little warm up type stuff. My games are designed. You know, once you teach your essential question, you know, you've stretched and warmed up. It's teach the game and they play it the entire class and it gets everybody involved and engaged and um, you don't most of my games you don't assign positions you define the positions and the kids just kind of take the positions that they want or um, will, what will best help their team and it's just there's just so many different avenues that they can go with the different games that I write because it's just where my passion is I love writing and that's why I continue to teach because I, I feel like it, it keeps me relevant to what's you know what's popular and what's trending and what kids like and that's what I love to do. It's also a really good way for you to trial and test new ideas you have, you know, and um, I've recently, I haven't taught for last year, but I'm about to go back and start teaching because I, like you, mate, I write hundreds of games and I love it, but I need to be testing them again to see if they actually work before I release them. So you're in the perfect position, mate. You're passionate. You're about to write your sixth book and that is awesome, but you can actually see if they work with the kids or not because you're trialing them every day. Absolutely. I mean, I I tell my kids, all right, guys, you're guinea pigs today, but you are the first ones to ever play this game all over the nation because they'll eventually be out there, I think. So are y'all excited about being the first ones to ever play it? And of course, they're they're always pumped up. And of course, I'm taking pictures and and stuff and I'm getting their opinions and their thoughts. And yeah, I just I that's to me, the best form of learning for me is seeing them right there trying it out. I, I know that I don't have to sell a teacher on it or when I'm presenting or doing my workshops, I know that I'm like not having to convince them that this works. I already know it does because it, it's happened right in front of me. So that's what's really cool. And that's another reason I love showing up to work every day. I, I just finished testing out a game today called Ecstatic where I'm teaching static poses through movement and bowling and challenges all in one. So that's what that's what gets me up every day. Mate, I, lo- I love that. And I think people will be able to listen in and you can really tell how passionate you are through your voice, mate, and, and how much it means to you and everything like that. Now, I know a lot of teachers out there, always, they've got an idea of writing a book or they're like, I've thought of this idea. What would be some advice for teachers listening along that go, right, I think I've got a lot of good material that uh, myself and other teachers like and my students like. How would you go about writing your own book, JD? Is there, you know, obviously you uh, contacted Artie and he pointed you in the right direction. I know you can self-publish these days quite easily. What would be some advice for a teacher um, if they wanted to sort of follow down your path? Well, I get asked that a lot, and I, I start them off because they think there's just some magical thing that happens. But I'm like, look, guys, if you would have known me when I started teaching and then you saw me now, you're like, this guy, this guy wrote stuff because I was not a good teacher. I was a high school coach that ended up teaching an elementary PE program and fell in love with it, but I didn't have the skill set. But I tell anybody, look, if I can do it, you can do it. And it's not, you know, writing is about what you enjoy, what 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 gives you passion. It's not force. So when you're writing and you come up with an idea, put it on paper because there's someone out there, if not multiple people, that will benefit from you 
writing it down and putting it on paper. And I'll be honest, I don't like the typing up part of it. I don't like the <laughs> I, the thoughts are in my head, man. I could I could keep them to myself and just go out there and scratch them down on paper and and teach them. But now I've realized that you know other teachers will benefit from this. And, it'll, and to make their life just a little bit easier because I struggled early on in my career and I needed those ideas. I needed classroom and behavior management strategies and ideas and techniques and, and how you teach kids and the different methods and the things that work. And, and that's what teachers have through their experience. So put it down on paper. And, and if you want to start with a self-published, great. I, I, I was blessed with an open door to, to human kinetics, but, um, you know, Teachers Pay Teachers is a great avenue, and you know, I've, I've had a bunch of friends that said, look, just if you can't, you don't have enough to publish a book, fine. Put that one game on Teachers Pay Teachers, and then they they found that, wow, people are interested. They're buying. They're paying the dollar, two dollars. Not a big deal, but you know what? It, they're buying it, so it, it encouraged them to go, hey, I've got something, so they've continued writing. I've heard a number of stories from people that I've put to that site. And it's been really, really cool to see how they have um, appreciated the fact that other people, you know, wanted to see their stuff. But in a, in turn, they're helping those teachers. And that's what I highly encourage. Mm, I like that. And I, I do totally agree that you need to just start, even if you don't have enough material for a complete book, then do one thing and see if you can get some interest. And if you get some interest from that, then you do another thing and, and so forth. I think that's great advice. And I know a lot of teachers will be really benefiting from what you've just mentioned there, JD. Now, you've mentioned a few times, and I can probably, I'm very similar to you, mate, that I, I was a high school trained PE teacher. And my first job was as a primary school teacher. And I remember first day, grade uh, five-year-old students rocked in and I was so out of my depth that it wasn't funny and it took me a long time to get my head around it. If you could look back now and see yourself once you were started your teaching, what would be one bit of advice you would give that young JD that you thought wasn't the best teacher from your wise head now? Well, I'd first tell them it's not going to happen overnight. There are so many strategies and things that you can do for your classes now that it can almost overwhelm, you know, a person. And my student teachers, they see all this, you know, that that's going on and they're like, that's, this is way too much. I can't do it. But it's just piece by piece, day by day, step by step, establishing, OK, what's going to be the protocol when when kids enter the gym? You know what? You know, are we going to do a warm up and stretch. We take and roll. When does the essential question come in? What are we going to do a warm-up activity? You know, then what's the lesson look like? Those are so many different things, but just take it one, you know, one step, one procedure at a time and start building from there. Um, otherwise, you will put your, you'll put yourself into a quick retirement because it is overwhelming. It is a huge responsibility. There's a lot of kids in there, but take it one step at a time. Establish your protocol and your procedural stuff. Cause I tell my student teachers, I was like, look, I don't care how many great lessons and games you have. If you don't establish classroom and behavior management, um, on top of having a fun lesson or fun class, then it's just not going to come together. You got to be very mindful of those things. It's uh, yeah, very good advice. And at the end of the day, it's, uh, you can always look the part and have the best 
best toys or best sports equipment, but unless you actually get a game or can actually use them, it doesn't really matter. And I suppose that's like right. having all the games. And if you can't get the students on side liking you, respecting you, wanting to learn, it doesn't matter if you've created 50 games because they'll never use them. Right, absolutely. Now, you've mentioned a lot, and I know uh, speaking, I was speaking to Pete uh, the other day, we did a lovely podcast, uh, about your workshops, and you do quite a lot of them now, and you travel all over the states uh, presenting and things like that, which is a real big credit to you why you're still teaching to be able to do that. What's, what's next for you? You've mentioned a six-book planning, uh, workshops. What, what's next for JD? Australia, baby. Australia. <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm wanting to take. No, I'm kidding. I, you know, I I really don't know. Um, I, I I'm loving the travel. I'm actually headed to New York on Thursday to do a workshop in the city there, so I'm excited about that. I've been I do about one a month, and that keeps me busy enough with my full time teaching. Um, but I want to finish up this uh, this book by 2019. That's my goal, and I just want to keep traveling and growing and and share my ideas and sponging off of other people. Uh, it, it, it brings me to uh, when we were talking earlier about, you know, why put your games and stuff out there. I remember one of my first um, light bulb moments. I was at a workshop in, my, in the mid-90s because I was there because, again, I was clueless. I needed ideas. And I just remember one thing at this workshop. This guy built this six-hoop weird contraption. He called it a geodome. And, of course, he just... They, he built it with the hula hoops and the kids just sat in it. And I'm like, man, I like that idea, but I don't like that whole sitting part. So I created a game and I relabeled it called Hula Huts. Have you ever heard the term Hula Hut? Yes, I have. Okay, well, I coined that phrase, which is a, you know, a fun fact, back in the mid-90s. And it was in um, the first time Hula Hut showed up was in my first book, No Standing Around in My Gym, called Hula Hut Relay. And what's been cool is to see how hula huts have exploded just nationwide. And I don't know if they're even out of the country, but hula hut, the term, um, even though I didn't create the actual design, uh, that term has just taken off and people are using it and they're creating hula hut games. And I've created a bunch of games off of that. So that's another reason people should share because there's no telling what your idea may do because it may stem you know, or create just so many other things off of that. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. And I suppose one place, and I do mention this quite a lot, listeners probably get sick of it if they're not converted to Twitter yet, but I think Twitter is such a powerful avenue for that because there are so many superstar PE teachers around the world that are just sharing things like Hula Hut that is working for them. And then you know, you take it or somebody else takes it and modifies it for their students and they share that back and it's just this amazing way to connect and get ideas, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, that's why I do what I do. I mean, yes, it makes my life easier because I know my kids are having fun doing my stuff, but when a teacher comes up to me and says, look, man, that game or those games and those ideas, my kids loved them. They embrace the fitness. They are cooperating. I mean, that's that's why I do it. it. It's very enjoyable to hear that, you know, you're able to help somebody out and make their life just a little bit easier because teachers have tough jobs and it's tough to do what we do. And, you know, to, to be able to help a teacher 
you know, figure things out and give them some advice and all that. I mean, you can't beat that. No, it gives I, you purpose. I, I totally agree, mate. And it is a very, very, you know, strenuous job and we do need support. So anything that you can create or you can go to a fantastic website like PE to the Max will help you out or give you ideas or just give you maybe a little little bit of a help with ideas that you can use to engage those students. Now, JD, on the show notes, mate, I'll have your Twitter handle, which again is PE to the Max, and go on there because JD's always sharing fantastic stuff, as well as your website, PE to the Max.com, where you can find all your books, your DVDs, your membership site, um, and everything that really you created is fantastic that you've got it in that one-stop shop. Um, is there anywhere else we can find you, mate? Uh, where else can you find me? You can find me at Mirror Lake Elementary. That's where I'll be every day <laughs> during the school year. <laughs> Loving on kids. And believe it or not, people show up. Uh, they call and say, hey, can we come visit you and, 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 and observe you? And I have people come from all over that'll uh, come and watch. So, hey, if you're ever in Villarica, Georgia, look me up at Mirror Lake Elementary School and come by and see me. Because uh, I do practice what I preach, I promise. I, 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 I could imagine that you would do that 100%, mate. JD, thank you so much for taking the time out to be on the podcast today, mate. I know I've got a lot out of the chat. It's been great to connect, and I'm sure all listeners around the world will keep being inspired by you, buddy. Well, Dell, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share what I'm so passionate about. And uh, blessings for the uh, the new site that you've um debuted i believe today and good luck with that and i look forward to some possible connections in the future buddy sounds good mate thank you very much